Hey friends, Hannah here with the Practically Well podcast, where I will be bringing you amazing holistic guests to educate, inspire, and empower you to live your healthiest, fullest life in a practical way. As an acupuncturist and coach, I believe that the mind and body are deeply connected and that when we can tap into these natural reservoirs within ourselves and heal, anything is possible. So it is my goal to bring you a variety of transformative topics and practices to the table in a simple, digestible way so that you can break down old barriers, seek out new holistic methods, and up-level your mindset and life so that you can get wherever you want to go. It is all in your hands, and I'm here to be your guide. So let's get started. Hey friends, and welcome to another beautiful day on the Practically Well podcast. I can seriously hardly believe that we're already in June. You know, as much as I try to stay as present as I can in the day-to-day, I feel like since things have been opening back up and we're all just like moving and grooving again, time has just been flying by. <laughs> I keep saying to my clients on Fridays, they I ask how they are, you know, they tell me, then they ask how I am, and I say, great. I feel like I just saw you like a day ago. I blinked and then it was Friday again. But today has been a slow work day for me, which I'm actually really appreciating and soaking in. I've got a nice list of podcasts and back-end things to take care of. I'm going to go to the gym, maybe even take a walk outside. And I can do all these home things from the comfort of my own couch with the windows open and my fur babies just snuggled up on either side of me. Ugh. (laughs) Slow summer days are just so delicious and nourishing. (laughs) I feel like even though we're not quite in the late summer yet, like in terms of Chinese element theory, I'm just having such a such a juicy, earthy day today. (laughs) And so I'm just soaking it all in and getting done all the things that I need to at the same time. So anyway, today's wellness topic is very psychologically based, and it's one that's very personal to me. So today we're going to be talking about my personal discoveries around codependency and attachment. So these are terms that I had, you know, heard before in my college psych classes, you know, long, long ago, and never really made much of it other than generally knowing what it was. But because of the divine timing of life, (laughs) they are concepts that have been popping up again and presenting themselves to me to really illuminate healing work that I now have the opportunity and am ready to do. And, you know, I I fully believe that when the student is ready, the teacher appears, as, as they say. And I really feel like because I'm in a place now where I'm ready to heal my wounds related to these topics... I've been finding, you know, all kinds of podcasts and resources and people out there to really just help educate myself and begin this process of healing and transformation. So, you know, what I am going to share with you today, dear friend and listener, are things that are quite personal, both about myself and my family. But what I want to point out from the very beginning is that our personal challenges and tendencies that we need to heal as adults are no one else's fault. You know, because I I sincerely believe that every person with 
good intentions does the very best that they can with what they've been given. And so I think also that looking at it from that perspective is a very important part of the healing process. So I'm not here to place blame on anyone, on my parents, friends, relatives, or anyone else. I'm here to share my experience and what I am beginning to do to facilitate healing for myself so that I can be a better service to the world and to my loved ones and most importantly to myself. So as many of you know, if you've listened to my first solo episode of this podcast, I was sexually abused at a very young age. And, you know, this trauma in the early phases of my development obviously had a lingering impact on me and had a lot of upset in my family. And I'm now realizing that it was certainly the root of my deep-seated feelings of lack of safety, even in my own space. And it just amazes me the process of how healing goes because, you know, I, I've been to therapy for this. I've, you know, done a lot of personal work. I've gotten acupuncture, you know, I've done all the things. And grief and trauma has layers. So every time you move through one, you know, you peel, it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. You peel back one, you release that. Then when you're ready to come up to the next part of it, something else happens. And so logically, I knew that, you know, of course, this thing happened to me when I was six years old and in my own home when my parents weren't there. So like, of course, I would feel unsafe, you know, but that that point kind of came and went and I never really thought about it again. Like, well, of course, that's what it is. But I'm seeing it in a new way now and seeing how that has really played out throughout the rest of my life thus far and in my relationships and all of these things. So those feelings of lack of safety were are, are very much a big part of this story. And, you know, my mother was also at that time dealing with a lot of anxiety and other mental health challenges from her childhood. And, you know, that continued on, you know, elementary, middle, high school uh, through my college years. So from that moment on, after that event happened, you know, and, and she's told me this herself many times, it was her goal to protect me at all costs and do everything that she could to shield me from anything that she thought was bad. You know, and of course she did. You know, your your child was traumatized at a young age and so you want them to never have to deal with anything again. And and that I can logically understand that and there's there's so much else that goes goes into it. But, you know, it also wove in as a desire to not let me make any mistakes for fear of the potential pain that that could cause me. And, you know, as a young child, I was very intuitive and thoughtful and empathic. And, you know, as I couldn't logically process what had happened to me and she was providing me with, you know, a safe solution, mom will always take care of you and make sure nothing happens to you. I I really clung to her every word and every opinion, and this became our dynamic. And, you know, we had a very happy life growing up. You know, our, our parents came to all our recitals and play performances and sporting events for the minute time that we played sports. And, and there was a great deal of love in our house. 
And there was also a great deal of shaming and anxiety behind closed doors. You know, my my mother's parents caused a lot of stress on my parents and, you know, other members in our family were dealing with addiction and other issues that added additional strain. You know, there's there's always a lot that goes on in every family. And so whether it was imparted on me or not, I took it upon myself to do everything as perfectly as I could because I wanted my mother, the person that I looked up to the most, to be happy. And she always said, you know, all she wanted was to have peace in our house. And she seemed to be more peaceful and less anxious when I did things well and when, you know, she could be happy and, you know, tell everyone about how great her daughter was. And that seemed to, my achievement seemed to bring peace in the house. However, when I got into late high school and started to break away a little bit and develop my own identity a little bit, things got really challenging. And, you know, I didn't understand why when I did things that seemed like normal teen mistakes or exploration you know, like dating or having sex for the first time or, you know, drinking at a at a friend's house for a party that seemed to be things all my other friends were doing and, and it was, you know, okay or they got in a little bit of trouble, I would end up being like shamed and yelled at and punished. You know, if I if I stepped a toe out of line, things would not end well. And there would be angry silence in our house until I apologized. And you know, over lots of time, we we really did mend things. And, you know, through her own healing journey, my mother has done amazing transformational work and it's drastically improved our relationship. And, you know, I don't hold old resentment about that stuff because it, it happened. And, you know, we, like I said, we're all given, we do the best we can with what we have been given and what has been modeled for us. And, you know, to this day, I'm proud to call her my mother. So this is why I was confused (laughs) when triggers and challenges started popping up in my adult life, because I felt like, you know, there's always going to be dynamics in mother-daughter relationships, but I feel like we, I felt like we had healed a lot of things. And so I didn't understand why this was coming up. And it showed up in various ways, but particularly in my romantic relationships where I let my guard down. You know, if I was just casually seeing someone, I didn't care. But when I had emotional investment and I let myself be vulnerable, this is when it started showing up. You know, like if my partner didn't do what I wanted or I felt out of control or like he was mad at me or just mad in general, I would either lash out or turn inward and just become super duper anxious. And, you know, if they pulled away, no doubt, because I was (laughs) trying to control them in some way, I would start to feel needy and desperate and just and try to connect with them further and tell them how they were doing it wrong. And, you know, in the past, I would always leave before I could be left. So, however, now that I'm dating someone that does have normal, healthy boundaries, these things started to come up and they started to be illuminated for me in a way that had never happened before because I think in the past I have dated people who 
and no to no fault of theirs, but there were different boundary attachment issues for them as well. And so nobody ever called me out on anything because they were dealing with their own shit. So, you know, now nowadays, as these things were coming up, you know, he would say things to me like, I'm trying to set a boundary right now. Why are you trying to control me? Or I'm feeling mad about this. Why won't you just let me feel my feelings? <laughs> and I, I, I laugh because it's so clear and it's so honest and healthy. And, and these are conversations we actually had. Like these were words that literally have come out of his mouth before. And, you know, it's, it's the first time I've ever had conversations like this. You know, there were never talks like this growing up or with any man I've ever dated before. So, you know, when these things would come up, I, I physically didn't understand what he meant. Like if he was mad and I would get upset that he was mad, he would say, why? I'm just mad. Why aren't you letting me be mad? And I literally like there would be times in my brain where I would be like, well, you can't be mad because that's going to affect me. <laughs> big, big realizations here, friends. So, you know, it's safe to say that this is a new dynamic for me. And all of this research and work I've been doing for myself, you know, with all of this coming together, I feel like the lights have been turned on in the back of my subconscious and it has been very uncomfortable <laughs> and also very enlightening because I feel like all the attachments and patterns that have been just like quietly lurking in the back of my mind, just you know, draining my battery <laughs> and causing me to act in ways that my logical kind, you know, thoughtful, real self couldn't understand, these these things are finally coming out into the open and allowing me to examine them. And, you know, so what I've learned is this. My maternal side of my family has a long historic line of codependency, trauma, sexual abuse, neglect, and anxiety. And you know, this was something that my mother began working through when she was in her 40s. And so because I was well into being raised at that time, there were a lot of things modeled for me that I didn't understand. So I went on living my life with various thought patterns and tendencies being woven into my day-to-day -day subconsciously in, in terms of my interactions and how I thought about myself. And, you know, I learned that because my mother and I were so enmeshed for such a long time and it's starting at such a young age and I had such a desire to please her that it became hard for me to separate myself energetically from people I'm very close to even today, like particularly romantic partners or partner. And, you know, I've come to find that while I am very empathic, getting upset because my partner is upset, for example, that's not being an empath. That is actually in that scenario, that was me remodeling an old habit where I couldn't handle someone being someone else being upset, even if it wasn't at me, if it was just near me, because my child self thought that it would lead to anger and silence and emotional distance or leaving. I've learned that it's okay to get into arguments or disagreements with my partner and that it doesn't mean I'm going to be left. It can actually lead to 
more honest conversation and deepening of trust and intimacy in a relationship. I've learned it's okay to make mistakes and that disappointing someone does not make me less worthy. I've learned that it's time to tend my inner child. It's time to grow the fuck up and be my own person separately from anyone else's opinions or desires for me. It is my life, and if I live for others, the person that I am disappointing most is myself. I'm learning to have boundaries in my romantic relationship for the first time ever. (laughs) And, And I'm learning that when my partner sets a boundary with me, it's not an attack or a shutout from love. It's simply them communicating what they need or don't need. I'm learning that trying to control the things and people around me does not keep them close. It pushes them away. And this self-sabotage only proves to me that the untrue stories that I've been telling myself. So it's a vicious circle and it's not helpful. And it doesn't do anything but cause hurt and sadness for me and possibly for somebody else as well. And I've learned that I have taken on and resonate very deeply with an anxious attachment style. And if you don't know about attachment styles, go look it up. Um, There's a podcast called The Adult Chair that she does an interview on there with about attachments. And oh my gosh, so, so enlightening and informational. And so because I resonate with this style, I deeply or have in the past deeply feared being left, whether it's emotionally or physically. And so that has caused me to need excess connection in order to feel secure. And all of this learning is causing me to look at how I can create more security and connection within my own self and not seek it externally in the same way as I have in the past. And really, guys, I'm I'm learning to see my entire world differently because, you know, I, I've been on this wellness path, you know, for many years now. And while it's been vastly helpful in my own healing and I've been able to support others, many other people on their healing journeys with great success and effectiveness, this is something that has been lurking in the back of my closet for my entire life. And now that I'm finally bringing it out into the open, I I just feel like the lid has been blown off on what is possible for me in, in terms of like, there is no more lid. Like I, I can do anything and, and there's still so much healing work to be done and it is going to be a daily process. And, and now I know though that my fear of being unsafe and being left behind is something that isn't happening now. It's something that is still programmed in my DNA because it's happened a lot throughout my life, but it's not happening now. And it's my former self. It's my you know, trauma response to go back to those things. And that's something that I am going to be working on um, quite a bit with a therapist coming up to detach and deprogram that from my physical body because I can mentally understand something, but getting it physically moved is is something that's an also also a crucial component. And and so it's not happening now. It's just been something that I've been doing to myself. 
And it is going to take consistent work and consistent mindfulness. And I won't get it right every time. And I will continue to learn and grow and love myself in ways that I don't think I ever have before. Just It's just such a deeper version of self-love now that I have this awareness. And the thought that I could do all of this and and be so much more and just got all the possibility. It, it's just, it's exciting as hell. <laughs> so that is all I have for you today, my friends. Lots of vulnerable, emotional things about me, Hannah Jefferson, your host. And if this is something that resonates with you and you want to learn more, feel free to contact me. I would love to have some codependent enmeshment anxiety conversations with you. <laughs> it's uh it's a really beautiful thing to be able to look at these things and unpack them and see that they are not you. They are just simply a pattern that you have gotten really really good at practicing. And now I and you too can get really really good at practicing something else. So, thank you guys so much for tuning in as always. Have a wonderful, beautiful, juicy rest of the week. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you've heard, it would be everything if you would subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review. It is my goal to spread as much healing energy and education as possible. And every little bit helps. So thanks again for listening. And until next time, namaste. Namaste.